Hey guys, welcome back to the 40-something and interning podcast. This week, I am super excited to have a dietetic student on that is truly on the other side of the planet. <laughs> I don't know how she's doing it, but I can't wait to, um, to hear how things are going and what her experience has been like. Please welcome Ame Proetti. Hi, Ame. Hey, y'all. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Good, good. So just to let the audience know, we have been trying to connect for a minute and it's mostly been on my end where the, <laughs> I've been so busy and the time difference. So we have so we have a 13 hour time difference as May is on Beijing China time which is crazy to me. How does, uh, that must be a challenge, especially with school. All right. Um, well, like you introduced, my name is Ame and I currently live in Shanghai, China. I'm from the Chicago area, like, you know, the suburbs around Chicago, but I've been living abroad since 2013. Um, I went to school in Florida, University of Central Florida, and I got a Fulbright grant, sorry, Fulbright grant to go to Turkey. And originally, um, this is actually my second time in university. I initially studied like international studies and then I got my master's in teaching English to speakers of other languages. So I wanted to do something abroad. And when I got my Fulbright to Turkey, I was really excited. I was like, all right, time to live abroad. Let's see what this is all about. And my first year, it was, you know, a little bit challenging because when you live in a new place, it's so different from what you're used to in ways that you're not expecting. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I was just like, I really like this. I like this lifestyle. And after Turkey, I came home for about two months and I was like, no, I got to go. <laughs> I need a job. I got to go. So I actually had I had no interest in China initially. Um but I messaged my friend and I was like, hey, you're in China. How do you like it? Just, you know, curious what his experience was like. And he told me, oh, it's great. Uh, in fact, my school's hiring. Send me your resume. Next thing I know, I'm walking off a plane in Guangzhou in September and asking myself why I wore jeans because it was so humid. And I've yeah. been in China since then, which was 2014, end of 2014. Wow. And so much has gone on just globally in that time. And and you decided to take up nutrition and dietetics. What brought that on? Uh, yeah, so that actually, I consider it kind of a funny story. Um, as I mentioned, my career has been in education, so English as a second language. And I, nutrition wasn't something that I was particularly interested in. Um, but there was one day I came home from the gym and, you know, I just kind of bumped up my exercising at the time. It was 7.30 in the morning and I was so hungry. I ate like a chicken, like a chicken leg and thigh. And then at 10.30 later, I ate the rest of it. And then I thought to myself, Ame, you've just eaten like half a chicken <laughs> in the morning and it's not even 11 what are you doing with your life? And then at that point, I was like, all right, I need to look at my diet because clearly I need to better support like the activity I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I just, uh, yeah, kind of 
had a growing interest. I really like boxing. That's one of my hobbies. And to box well, you need to be fit and your nutrition is a big part of that. So I think that helped me gain a better, well, yeah, kind of gain more interest in nutrition as a field. And then when the pandemic hit, um, you know, ESL education was kind of suffering and it was already taking a turn from adult education to children. And I know myself, um, I would not make a good teacher for children. I really respect people who can do it. I admire <laughs> them. I'm just not one of those people. So I was like, I need to have a plan B. And that's when I was like, well, I like this and I like this. And somebody suggested, they're like, why don't you go into dietetics? And here I am. Well, we welcome you <laughs> because clearly you, you are an adventurer <laughs> and um, and strong-willed and you're going to make it happen no matter what, right? I am with the university in their online in their online program for nutritional science, um, emphasis on dietetics. And okay. I chose that specifically because I needed something that was online uh, when I decided to undertake this, still living in Shanghai. And then I wasn't ready to move back and just be a broke student. Um, you know, I did that once. I'm not about that life anymore. So I was like, let me choose mm -hmm. something online so I can keep my job keep my lifestyle and then also pursue my education. So I was kind of looking at programs and there's really only about four programs in the States that are accredited and online. And the mm -hmm. University of Arizona seemed like it seemed pretty good, great reviews. Uh, I went to Arizona once to go to the Grand Canyon. So I was like, yeah, why not? This seems great. <laughs> so you know what and you are speaking to a whole bunch of people because nobody wants to be broke especially like when you've had the experience of living your life and having income that's steady and to then make that change you know it it would be difficult to go, it is difficult to go back and mm -hmm. you know work work on your studies and not be able to work and and take care of yourself in the way that you've become accustomed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's why as a mature student, I was like, let me make the mature decision of <laughs> being able to financially support myself while I pursue my education. Yeah, no, I like it. Okay, so let's talk about being 13 hours away and handling your course load and your life, like work. How are you doing that? Um, I'm very lucky that my job has a lot of flexibility. So I can kind of choose the days that I want to work. And I usually try to take off at least one day in the week, plus the weekend, so that I have time to work on my homework. And that's been really great so far, um, especially because this term I decided to take a full course load, so 12 credit hours, because mm -hmm. um, I just decided, you know, I'm ready to graduate. I'm ready to move out of this student life. So the job's been great on that. Um, I've been doing it for about two years already, so I'm familiar with it. Um, I don't really have to, you know, I guess figure out what I'm doing on the job. And that's nice because I can, you know, do that. And then once I'm done, go home and then focus on like this, my homework stuff that does require a lot of like cognitive thinking and processing. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's um, as a for lot. the time difference. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're um, messing up. Actually, I. Oh, sorry. So sorry, I'm messing up. No, no, no. It's um, the, yeah, so it's the actually... time difference for sure. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So someone once said to me because I was like, "Why am I still unmotivated to work on my homework after work?" And they said to me, "They're like, Ame, that's basically more work. You realize that, right?" And after they said this, it was like a light just, you know, appeared in my mind. I was like, "Oh, of, of course." That's why I don't want to do it because I've just been using my brain all day and now I'm trying to use it again. Makes more sense. Yeah, no, you know, I think when I went back to refresh some of my courses, it was, I felt that way, of course. But then I think I read somewhere, like if you can give energy to make someone else money, then you should be able to give energy to build yourself up for where you want to go. And that's what helped push me through. But not to say that like I wasn't exhausted because I absolutely was. Yeah, that was a big reason why I decided to um, kind of work just four days a week so that I had enough time to focus on my studies and still work and then just, you know, do things that I like to do. The first time I was in university, I also worked. Um, I worked night shift, actually. And I just felt like my whole life was, you know, study during the day if I went to class. Sometimes I didn't go to class, you know, mm -hmm. happens. Uh, when I was a graduate student, though, I was much better about going to my classes because they were at night. But anyway, so <laughs> um, that life was basically just, yeah, school during the day, work at night. And I just felt like I didn't really have a lot of time to do the things that I wanted. So going back to university, I knew what my priorities were. I mean, yes, studying is a priority. I do want to become a dietitian, but there's so many other things I want to do in my life and mm -hmm. I need to be able to balance all of those. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. You have to get every little piece, like you want to acknowledge every piece of yourself and it can't just be school, you know, or it can't just be work. You have to make time to do the things that um, you're interested in and make you happy to continue to keep going because you will definitely hit a wall. I have hit a wall. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, okay, so we're doing it online. We're working full time. And with many projects, a lot of them are not individual. They are group projects. How is that going for you? Like, how are you managing that? I am very thankful that the majority of the program is asynchronous, so I can just log in, watch the lectures, do the assignments by the deadlines. But I have had a couple courses where we need to do either a live presentation or a group presentation. I understand from like a teaching pedagogy perspective why it's important to have students do group work at the undergraduate level. Mm -hmm. Personally, I cannot stand doing group work <laughs> if I have to be live <laughs> to do it because with the time zone in this program, like I specifically chose this program so I could do it on my own time and then having to coordinate, you know, sometimes 13, uh, 15 hour time zone difference. Like my university, since it's in Arizona, that's 15 hours difference. Um, mm -hmm. I'm either having to get up really early to do meetings or I have to stay up really late and I don't like that. And one thing I find is because I'm the one that lives abroad, a lot of people expect me to be the flexible one with the time. So mm -hmm. like I had a group presentation 
last semester and trying to get my group members to meet at a time that was good for all of us and didn't require me to get up at 7 a.m. just did not happen. So I was mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm in the minority here. I'll be up at seven. See you there. Please don't be late. Wow. Ugh. So how often do you yeah. get the, the group projects? Ugh. Um, I've only had one like, uh, sorry, I've only had like one group presentation I've had to deliver. Um, everything else has just been like, you've got discussion groups or um, I did actually have one other class where I needed to do a live presentation, but it was by myself. And I was mm -hmm. more okay with that because at least I could prepare in my own time. And then I only had to be present like once to deliver it. Whereas like with this group presentation, you know, you have to coordinate with other people and sometimes they're not responsive. Um, you know, we all remember those days, our first time back in university where we're like, responsibility, accountability, what are those things? <laughs> and then as the mature student, you're like, I want to get this done. And you're organized because you're like, you know, time is valuable. And then when you have to basically reconcile that with first time university students' perspectives and attitudes, it's, you know, rough sometimes. Yeah, no, I get but it. But my group members were nice people. I do want to say that. They were very lovely people. <laughs> sure they were I think we all you you preface the statements like that that I mean and that takes nothing away from them as individuals but what it is is that life experience I think and it shifts over time they too will become more mature and the and the the time will they'll understand the value of it absolutely so this semester what are your courses like Overall, I actually really like my courses this term. I'm taking microbiology, which is, you know, it's nice, it's easy, it's in interesting. Um, I'm taking a food science course. And I must say, I like that a lot more than I expected to. I personally don't like cooking. I know how to cook functionally. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Um, I would say the top comment people make about my cooking when I cook for them is, what's that? <laughs> um is that gonna be is that gonna be nice are you sure about that now I will say I understand why I look at my own food sometimes and go what am I cooking so I didn't expect <laughs> to like my food science course as much as I did but I I really like it um the topics in the lectures are really interesting and then I do like the cooking component of it for the lab okay I do have a question so being overseas Going for the RD credential and dealing with food science, is it that, like, how is it different or is it different at all with the different cuisines? Or are you preparing foods that are familiar to the American students or just what your norm is right now? Um, the food that I'm preparing, it's, it's like giving us the, sorry, the recipes are given to us in the labs that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So I am making things that are more, I guess, in line with Western cooking. I fortunately live in like, you know, downtown Shanghai, and there's a pretty big expat community here. Okay. Um, so it's pretty easy to get most ingredients. Like there's some things here or there that might be either really expensive or just not quite available. 
but most everything I can get here or there's like a reasonable substitute for it. So I haven't had a problem with that. Um, but I don't think I would be able to do it if I were living in like, you know, some other places. My first year in China, I lived like in the middle of nowhere, kind of rural, not rural China, but there was a, a school basically out in the middle of nowhere, like 45 minutes between the two like suburbs Mm -hmm. And then it was 90 minutes by bus into the big city. And there was one import store where they would, you know, go down to Metro, which is, I guess, like a Costco, and buy some stuff, bring it up. And then we had this, it was called the Boo Boo Gao. <laughs> That's the real okay. name. <laughs> and yeah, it was just kind of your standard small grocery store. And you were not getting most of the things I would need for my labs in that store. Okay. So speaking of like just our time and, and supply chain issues, which I'm not sure that's what you're experiencing versus just being in a different place, but what has COVID been like for you there on top of schooling? Um, in China, I would say it's actually not really had that much of an impact um, because COVID has been so well addressed here. Um, now, I told, I told you actually, before we started this interview, um, I had gone on vacation to Mozambique to visit my friend mm -hmm. and I was planning to start my program in spring. So I took a holiday for Chinese New Year before spring term was supposed to start and it was supposed to be a 10 day holiday. And then I get a message from my company that's like, hey, there's this thing breaking out don't come back just yet. We're canceling work. Um, you know, come back in a month kind of thing. So I was mm. like, okay, cool. Longer holiday. Who does love that? And it was summertime <laughs> in Mozambique. So I was like, party, beach time. <laughs> um, Shanghai gets, yeah. <laughs> Shanghai gets quite cold and rainy in, in the winter time. So I was like, Mozambique, heat, sun on me. And yeah, so that one month, wait and see kind of turned into basically eight months I spent in Mozambique. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> since I didn't really know what was going on, I deferred uh, my start date to the summer. And by then I was like, all right, might as well just get this started because who knows how long this is going to last. And trying to like get my homework done there. Um, I had internet connection issues. I was taking an online chemistry course, but I had to have the lab supplies shipped to me. And yeah. so I had to buy it like from, from the States and get it shipped to Mozambique. Luckily that was like kind of easy, but only cause my friend was able to help me and like go down to the customs office. Otherwise I would have had no idea like what I was doing. I also don't mm -hmm. speak like Portuguese either. And you know, it's a Portuguese speaking country. So okay. Luckily, I had my friend to kind of help me get the supplies I needed and figure things out. But one thing in particular, I remember, we needed distilled water for a lab. Mm -hmm. And my friend helped me like look all over the city. And it turns out it's a controlled substance in Mozambique. You can't buy distilled water as a consumer. So I ended up just having to like make my own distilled water. Mm hmm. It a was... control substance? Yeah, yeah. I was just surprised because like in the States, you can buy it no problem like in the yeah. grocery store. But yeah, they said it was like a controlled substance and you can only get it. 
dental or medical uh, office. So I was like, okay, guess we're making distilled water. Trying to get back from the States into China was an absolute fiasco of an adventure um, because the requirements to get back in it, it was very hard if you didn't have um, a valid residence permit. Okay. Yeah. Trying to get from the States into China was an absolute adventure. Um, this is where I think sometimes I might just be stubborn rather than strong-willed because I was on a mission and nothing <laughs> was stopping me. Um, you had to have like a, a blood test to get back. You had to have a PCR test. And by this point, like, actually, I think I've had at least, I don't know, 20 COVID tests, probably 10 uh, up the nose. I'm uh, a pro at those now. Oh my God. But I hate those. We went to, uh, <laughs> oh, we went to Jamaica during COVID and um, the physician that we had there, cause of course you had to have your PCR to come back was a Cuban doctor. And I feel like that woman fought by the book I felt like she was scraping my brain it was awful oh I bet it was thorough yes very thorough but very unpleasant Mm -hmm. so yeah I had to have that one to come back um the blood test and then I also had to get a direct flight um or they were suggesting you get a direct flight because you had to have PCR tests from all the countries that you transited through and there were only a few routes open to do that. So I was like, okay, let me just fly direct from the States because it's easier. And you had to submit all of your paperwork to the Chinese embassy and get uh, like this green QR code saying you were okay to fly. And I had such a hard time finding a place that would do my blood test. And a lot of the places didn't have like fast enough turnaround. I called so many clinics for like two weeks. I was just like, do you do this? They're like, no well you could do this one I was like no that's not gonna work Mm -hmm. finally luckily I did find a place rapid tests and I had to uh actually had to go over to Detroit to get a flight which is uncommon because Chicago normally has direct flights between Shanghai and and Chicago but Mm. only Delta line at the time so yeah I got myself all the way over to Detroit and less than 24 hours before the flight was supposed to depart I get a message from Delta saying, your flight's been canceled. No. Oh, and we can't reschedule you for your flight because there's none. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we don't really have any more flights. We can put you on going until, you know, January. This was mid-December. Mm. So me in my mind, I was like, you know what? We're going to Korea. So I booked a flight to go to Seoul the next day because um, this was another route people were using to get back into China. And I had to go to Korea, quarantine for two weeks. I spent four days, wait, quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. I spent four days visiting my friend who lives there. Then I came to China and did another two weeks of quarantine. Mm. And finally, I was like, I'm back. (laughs) I'm ready. So I would say that period was more stressful for trying to school than um, being in China was. But yeah, I've had some like deadlines I've missed because I've confused time zone differences uh when I was in quarantine I kind of was just like my second quarantine I was like I don't have any motivation to do my homework (laughs) I just emailed my math teacher I was like look this is where I'm at could I just have an extension she's like you know what yep fine here you go so (laughs) I'm so glad (laughs) very thankful yeah 
Oh yeah, it's gosh. hard to double quarantine. Schooling in a pandemic is just, it's stressful anyway. And it's been nice to see the teachers and my like professors being pretty understanding and accommodating of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I feel so bad for anybody that's <laughs> trying to progress during this time, but it's also like that determination that I hope people respect and understand because this is not what it was. This is not what that experience was five years ago. Like you definitely have to give me my props for pushing through and for you specifically you are pushing through. I hope you're proud. I do feel proud of myself. Yes. Um, sometimes I, I do have a habit of looking at like my work or what I'm doing. And I sometimes feel like I'm not doing enough. And then I stop and go, wait, no, Ame, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, and you're doing them moderately well. Feel proud of yourself. And then in those moments, I'm like, yes, I am proud of what I'm doing. I'm making it work. I'm making it work for me. And that I think is what matters at the end of the day. Yes, it does. And good for you. So questions about next steps. So now that you're in the program, you know, you're pushing through, you're ready to finish. What are your options or what are you thinking as far as dietetic internships? What's that look like? So this is something I've um, been avoiding thinking about because I'm pretty sure it requires me to move back to the States. And that's just a big uprooting of my life mm -hmm. but my plan at the moment because I'm supposed to graduate in a year is to try and go back to the Chicago area because that's where my family lives mm -hmm. and there's a couple programs in that area that I would like to get into they're great programs and I think if I'm going back and essentially uprooting my life it's good to have one a good program but also kind of that support network with yep. my family because it's not easy to get through these things on your own. Like you need family and friends around you. So that's my hope at the moment. Okay. And in those programs, are they um, distance programs, traditional programs? At that time, not like the debt, you wouldn't necessarily be affected by the deadline, but even if you were, you already have a master, so it's not a concern of yours. So the programs that you're looking at, are they traditional? Are they distant? Like, what are you thinking? The ones I've been looking at are, um, they are in person. Okay. And I think it would be nice to do kind of a hands-on internship. But I am also open to an, kind of a distance program as well. For me, like I said, um, being able to kind of be in the area near my family is important, especially since I've been living away for so long. Mm -hmm. So... If I don't get like an in-person internship in the area, I'm totally fine with doing a distance program. Yeah, I think if you could do anything from the other side of the world, like everything else should be cake. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like to tell myself. Yeah, no, I, that's what I believe. So, so, okay. So initially, what got you thinking about nutrition and dietetics had to do with like, how you were eating after exercising and performance when it comes to boxing. What would you like to do in the field of nutrition uh, and dietetics and what would you want your focus to be? So this I have thought a lot about. Um, I currently have a side project. I do copywriting and video production. Script writing in particular is, is my favorite thing to do. And mm -hmm. when I graduate, 
my plan is to combine my education and nutrition and dietetics with that skill. And I want to produce um, like video content, particularly like educational video content for legitimate like health and nutrition organizations. Yeah. And then also do their copywriting and help them produce or like write their marketing videos. Because I think it's really important that you have quality online information. That's where people get most of their that's where, you know, they look for answers these days. So it's important for the dietetic community to be there. Video is one of the easiest things for people to consume. They like videos because, mm -hmm. you know, you just put it on, you can interact with it rather than reading, you know, 2000 word blog posts. So it's, <laughs> so it's easier to interact with video. People like it. And I think the dietetics community is slowly kind of um, understanding the importance of having a strong online presence. So I want to take my skills and combine it to basically, yeah, help our field shine online and make Ooh. sure that like quality information is available to people in a format that they're going to consume. I like that. And you're right. I think, uh, well, especially for us, I think that we are, looking at how everybody else is utilizing the online um, platform and how they're creating media and how successfully they're doing it, whether or not it's accurate or not. I think we need to catch on to get out there because that's where the attention is. Absolutely. I've heard no one say that before. That is amazing. I like it. Thank you. I made Ooh. one video that I put on my own Instagram that actually um, was really well received. I just did like a 90 second video about the difference between like the terms dietitian and nutritionist. And a lot of people were like, wow, you know, that's like, it's really concise. It's clear. It's in interesting. Um, so at the moment, I'm combining like my volunteering experience with um, kind of like a personal project I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of for myself and for it to be a resource, create kind of short educational videos. Mm -hmm. Since I'm not a licensed dietitian yet, I don't feel comfortable writing the content completely by myself without it being checked. So the person that I'm volunteering for, um, I'm going to take like some of the topics he talks about because he is a registered dietitian and mm -hmm. then create almost like these summary videos, uh, probably like they're probably going to be animated, maybe livestock footage, nothing like super, super fancy. But I think that will be a good resource, one for people to kind of access. It's, you know, information that's essentially coming from a dietitian or at least edited by a dietitian. Yeah. And uh. then it's also, yeah, and it's also a way for me to kind of showcase what I want to do and what I'm capable of specifically within the nutrition field. Oh, yeah. I think people are going to be like scraping and scrapping for you <laughs> to be on their team. I hope so. With these skills. That's awesome. <laughs> I hope so, because I would like to, um, you know, make that my full time focus, like my full time income when I graduate. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, the typical questions that I ask are like, how do you want to shake up the field? But that sounds like an earthquake to the field right there. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. I can uh, shake it up by writing a very probably 
poorly pens with a nice <laughs> drum loop. I do also have a dream of being a drummer. <laughs> so I'll come in and write a song with it and that'll shake things up. I love it. You see that? All the skills. All the <laughs> skills indeed. Okay. <clears throat> so we are wrapping it up faster than I thought we were going to do it. But what three tips or pieces of advice would you give to dietetic students um, and interns that are on their own journey in the field? I would say the first tip is better done than perfect. Um, mm -hmm. It's never going to be perfect. You've only got so much time in a day. Get it done. You can always edit it later. Even if you can't, it's still done. And that's what matters. The second mm -hmm. tip uh, would be prioritize and be ruthless in your prioritizing. Whether it's yourself, your family, your time, your schoolwork, know what your prior prior eh. know what your <laughs> priorities are, and stick to them. Um, and the third thing, oh, sorry. And the third thing is carve time out for yourself, even if that means you're not going to get something else done. It's important to do the things that you want to do. You'll become a dietitian at some point, whether that's a year or two years. Does it really make a difference? I don't think so. I mean, some people might feel differently, but ultimately you need to remember that you're a person and carve time out for you to be a person. Mm, I like that a lot. I think many of us feel like we're on this clock, like immediately you finish the, the classes, you finish your internship, like immediately this is what I have to do. But I've heard a number of people mention feeling like they were losing themselves after they complete the mm -hmm. internship because it's been continuous and back to back. Um, I, at the same time, I've heard a lot of people that are now in it take the advice that you've given about carbon time out for themselves to be able to maintain their sanity as they move through. So I think that's an excellent piece of advice. Thank you. I've definitely mm -hmm. had to work that out over a number of years of trial and error. Um, I would say this year is probably the first year where I've really gotten that. Like, I knew it before, but this year I'm like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So my final question is, is there anything that I have not asked you or anything that you want to highlight or promote to the 40-something and interning podcast audience? I would say, um, everyone out there, I really admire your Instagrams. I just think they look beautiful. And I, I know it's possible to do myself, but I just never take the time to, <laughs> to make mine look that great. So I really admire everyone's Instagrams. And I also admire the reels that they do. I just, it's, the reels aren't for me, but I <laughs> like when people, I think they're really creative and I like to see creativity. Um, as for other things, how do I put a, a shameless self-promotion that doesn't sound oh, like no, I'm no, 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 no. This does not need to be shameless. Absolutely not. You use this time. Promote yourself, girl. Okay. Uh, as I said before, I do also, like I said, have a freelance uh, video production and copywriting business. And I'm trying to turn that towards the nutrition, health and wellness niche as much as possible. So 
you know, if anyone out there is starting a business, you need some website copy, you want to make some banging videos, uh, you can check out my website. It's ameproeddy.com. Yeah, that's it. Ameproeddy.com. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to link to that in the show notes. And I was already thinking when you mentioned um, the 90 second video that you did on Instagram, I'm definitely going to promote that too. So you're going to get some views. Any? Oh, thank you. Oh, of course. No, I can't wait to go and um, view it once I'm done with our call. Um, so you mentioned your website. Is there any other way that people can get in contact with you? Social media, LinkedIn, website, list it all. Yes, um, I am on LinkedIn as Ame Proetti. I'm also on Instagram uh, with my handle is Nutrition My Food. That was actually a side project, a different side project I was trying to work on, um, a blog geared towards career changing students, um, probably pretty similar to your audience. So yeah, people can get in contact with me there. And am I anywhere else? Oh, I am on Twitter as well, but I'm awful at Twitter. So I don't <laughs> Twitter that well. But my handle is Ame P if you want to follow me there. <laughs> You know, give me a like here or there. I'm fine with that. <laughs> See, everything that Twitter you is hard. It is. Like, I can't get, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel very natural to me between that and the reels and TikTok and all of that stuff. It's not really my thing, but I guess I need to sharpen my skills there. I actually, I've been thinking about this a lot with my own business marketing. I just, I've given it a try, but I just don't know if my audience is really there. So... Hmm. I could probably invest more time into it and maybe I'd find more people. But I think like Instagram and LinkedIn are the place to be for health and wellness. Okay. I mean, I don't think that's I think. wrong. That's just my yeah. personal opinion. Yeah. And, and maybe it's like you said, the audience that you're trying to reach are in those areas. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Target them for sure wherever they are there have been so many amazing experiences that you've shared that um that sets you apart from many many other people it's so awesome I can't wait to do with you know your credential with your internship with your website and and your impact to the nutrition field and though it take us it took us some time I thank you so much for hanging with me and getting on well you know what they say Danielle greatness takes time it yes that was cliche <laughs> it was but you know what I'm gonna put that in my quotes <laughs> All right, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you for being flexible with your time as well and you know, I know some people probably would have been like, oh, okay, it's not going to work out. Let's just not do it. So I appreciate you hanging in there as well and helping me make this time zone difference work. No, of course. We have that stubbornness in common for sure. Because if I want it, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Of course. Okay, guys, I'll talk to you all next week. Have a wonderful week. Mm -hmm.